Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, Stevie Wonder's Journey Through the Secret Life of Plants from 1979. On August 3rd, 1973, Stevie Wonder released Inner Visions. It's considered to be Wonder's coming-of-age album. He was no longer Little Stevie Wonder, a name given to him when he signed to Motown Records at just 11 years old. Now just 23 years old, Inner Visions was remarkably his 16th studio album. This would be the third album of his new contract with Motown, which allowed him creative control. And his records would now be released on Tamla Records, a sub-label of Motown. Inner Visions went to number four on the Billboard LPs and Tapes chart, and number one on the Billboard Soul LPs chart. And the album produced three hit singles. The highest charting of them, Higher Ground, went to number four on the Billboard Hot 100. Inner Visions won multiple Grammys. The single, Livin' for the City, won Best R&B Song. The album also took home the Grammy for Best Engineered Non-Classical Recording and Album of the Year. It's now in the Grammy Hall of Fame and is considered by many to be one of the greatest albums ever recorded. But Stevie had hardly peaked. Less than one year later, he released Fulfillingness's first finale, this time with a number one single, You Haven't Done Nothing, which featured backing vocals from the Jackson 5. Fulfilling This's first finale would hit number one on the Billboard Top LPs and Tapes chart, his first album to do so. It would also spend nine weeks atop the Billboard Soul LPs chart. It would go on to win three Grammys, including his second consecutive Album of the Year award. By the end of 1975, Wonder considered quitting the music industry. He wanted to go to Ghana to work with handicapped children. Plans were even underway for a farewell concert but he eventually changed his mind and signed a new seven-year, seven-album contract with Motown for $37 million, in addition to getting full creative control. It was the largest deal ever made with an artist at that time. His next album wouldn't come immediately, but it would be well worth the wait. On September 28, 1976, the double album Songs in the Key of Life was released. Debuting at number one on the Billboard Pop Albums chart, it was only the third album to ever do that, and it was the first time it was achieved by an American artist. It spent 13 weeks at number one, which was the most for any album in 1976. 
The album had five top 40 hits, including the number one's Sir Duke, which you just heard, and I Wish. I challenged myself to at least writing as many different things about many, as many different things as I could to cover as many topics as I could in dealing with the title and representing what it was about. So in one sense, I had already had lots of songs that I'd already done, some that have still yet to be released. Hee hee hee. And um, the title would give me a challenge, but equally as important as a challenge, it would give me an opportunity to express uh, my feelings as a, as a songwriter, as an artist, and as well to be joined by the people that were a part of, of working with me on this. That's Stevie Wonder on the Songs in the Key of Life episode of Classic Albums. In the United States, the album was the second best-selling album of 1977, just behind Fleetwood Mac's Rumors. It was nominated for seven Grammys, winning four, including Album of the Year yet again, his third consecutive album to do that. To this day, Songs in the Key of Life is Stevie Wonder's best-selling and most critically acclaimed album of his career. It's sold over 10 million copies. The 2020 edition of the Rolling Stone list of the 500 greatest albums of all time put it at number four, and it's yet another of his albums that was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame, as well as the National Recording Registry by the Library of Congress, which deemed it culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Stevie Wonder was on an incredible hot streak, but after Songs in the Key of Life, he slowed things down a bit. His next studio album wouldn't come for another three years. And it wouldn't exactly be the type of thing anybody expected. It would be a soundtrack to a documentary based on a book about plants. You think it could be plants? The Secret Life of Plants, a fascinating account of the physical, emotional, and spiritual relations between plants and men, is a 1973 book documenting controversial experiments claiming to show that plants may be sentient. Written by Peter Tompkins and Christopher Bird, it includes experiments done by Cleve Baxter, who in the 1960s used a polygraph on plants which led to his theory of primary perception, claiming that plants feel pain and have extrasensory perception. Those claims were later rejected by the scientific community, and the book was criticized by several botanists who have said the book should be seen as fiction. Despite the criticism, the book was a bestseller. Then in the May 8, 1974 issue of Variety, a full-page advertisement announced The Secret Life of Plants was now filming around the planet. It would take several years to finish filming. Then, in the May 31, 1978 issue of Variety, it was announced that the movie was now waiting for the completion of Stevie Wonder's score. Do you want more Bizarre Albums? Well, you've heard me talk about Patreon.com slash Bizarre Albums, but let me tell you about a special offer, a limited time special offer. If you sign up for the Patreon right now, in addition to getting every 
If you sign up for the Patreon right now, in addition to getting bonus episodes of Bizarre Singles every week, if you sign up at the $12 a month tier right now, not only will you get bonus episodes every week of Bizarre Singles, you'll also get to vote on future episodes once a month, and here's the sweet part, you'll get a Bizarre Albums magnet, one holographic logo sticker, three album parody stickers, and the Bizarre Albums enamel pin on black enamel, which is different than the one sold in the store. This is limited to just 25 patrons, and the deal ends on February 19th. So sign up, $12 or higher, at patreon.com slash bizarrealbums. Hey, you. I just want to take a second to tell you about an awesome podcast called The Sloppy Boys from my pals Jeff Dutton, Tim Kalpakis, and Mike Hanford, who are also in a kick-ass party rock band, also called The Sloppy Boys. What's their show about? Well, it's a podcast about cocktails. Each week, they drink and discuss a cocktail recognized by the International Bartenders Association. Drinks like Tequila Sunrise, White Russian, Cosmopolitan, Mint Julep. They also have a great Patreon where patrons, as they call them, get access to the Sloppy Boys Blowout, a weekly bonus episode where the guys talk about music, movies, TV, shows, or honestly, anything they damn well please. And you don't have to be a drinker to enjoy it. They're just having fun and you'll have a blast listening. So check it out for a funny, boozy, wild time. The Sloppy Boys podcast is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you get podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The documentary, also called The Secret Life of Plants, began a one-week screening at the Bruin Theater in Los Angeles on December 13, 1978. This would allow the film to be eligible for the Academy Awards. It was directed by Waylon Green, who had won an Oscar for a 1971 documentary called The Hellstrom Chronicle. He'd also been a successful writer, nominated for an Oscar in 1969 for The Wild Bunch, and years later, he would go on to write films like Eraser and RoboCop 2. This 
is a bust. Nearly 11 months after its first screening, on October 30th, 1979, Stevie Wonder's Journey Through the Secret Life of Plants was released on Tamla Records. Hey, you the motherfucker I be doing Stevie Wonder? That shit ain't funny, motherfucker. The album begins, appropriately, with Earth's Creation. This is Stevie Wonder's second consecutive double album. Of the 20 tracks, eight are instrumentals. And after opening with an instrumental, another one follows. Here's a bit of The First Garden, which on a personal note kind of makes me think of a sad-sounding hi-ho. wondering, how exactly does Stevie Wonder, a man who went blind shortly after birth, compose the score to a movie? The film's producer, Michael Braun, described each image in detail to Stevie. In addition, Gary Olazabal, the sound engineer, would specify the length of each passage. This was then put to a four-track tape that included the film's sounds, and Stevie would then add his own musical accompaniment. Here's a bit of track three, Voyage to India, how it appears in the film. Plants, yielding themselves to man, share in his spiritual flowering. Same old story is the album's first non-instrumental track. What will it take for those who find what's real too hard to believe in? It's that same old story again. One of the more fun and bizarre songs on the album is Venus's Flytrap and the Bug, with Stevie Wonder voicing a bug character in the song. Hello, flower. But then things take a turn for the bug. Side one closes with I No Sono, a Japanese-themed song, featuring a choir of Japanese children. Mm-hmm. 
Side two opens with Seasons, which is basically an instrumental track with a woman reading a bedtime story to her child. I'm going to skip that one and we'll move on to Power Flower. This song features lyrics written by Michael Cimbello, who also plays guitar on some of the album. If that name sounds familiar, that might be because Cimbello would go on to be the writer and performer of his own number one hit in 1983. Here's Power Flower. After another instrumental, which I'll address in a moment, Side 2 closes out with Race Babbling. It's the only song on the album with horns, featuring Hank Red on saxophone and longtime Cool in the Gang member Larry Gittins on trumpet. So the instrumental I skipped over is titled Send One Your Love, parentheses, music. It's an instrumental version of the album's first and most successful single, which actually appears on the second disc. But that is for this Thursday. This is another double album, so you're going to get a bonus episode this week. So I'll see you back here on Thursday for part two of Stevie Wonder's Journey Through the Secret Life of Plants. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bizarre Albums, and I'm at Tony Thaxton. You can also like Bizarre Albums on Facebook and visit BizarreAlbums.com. And if you still want more Bizarre Albums in your life, sign up for weekly bonus episodes of Bizarre Singles and more at Patreon.com slash Bizarre Albums. And as always, if you know of a Bizarre Album you'd like to hear featured, please tweet the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can even email me at bizarrealbums at gmail.com. My name is Tony Thaxton, and I'll see you next time on Bizarre Albums. Bizarre Albums.